It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, and so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show. Booyah. Man, I go away for a couple days and we lose two chairs. What happened? People go down like flies. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Look who's back, everybody. This guy. Yeah, I'm back. I'm well rested. Had a blast. Had Had to watch the Browns game on a cruise ship just north of the South American coast. I'm surprised you even got the game. I was, too. When I got on the ship, the first thing I asked is, Will the Monday night game be on? Yes, it will. They carry ESPN on the ship. Uh huh. So I was able to watch the game. I lost my voice cheering for the Browns. It was funny because there were so many Browns fans on this cruise, I can't begin to explain it. Wow. There were also a lot of Bengals fans. So the sports bar that we were watching, which was right next to the casino, had two TVs going. All the Browns fans were on one side. All the Bengals fans were on the <laughs> wow. other. And when I got there, the first thing I said was, if this doesn't go well, I'm out yeah. <laughs> early. Because I, I can't watch with other teams fans around me. How much longer were you on the boat together after that? Because <laughs> then if, if anybody did anything wrong during the game, yeah. you know you guys see each other for another week. At the you buffet. carried it for a week. At the buffet. <laughs> like you've seen a magician together. That's you're so just true. mad at each other. Everybody's yeah. in a good mood on a cruise, though. Like, I will say, it was a little I different because yeah. of that. Everybody was so good. I also watched a lot of the World series game same thing there what was really fascinating was Thursday night you had Philly fans on one side of the sports bar Astros fan, uh, Houston fans on the other and they're watching their football teams and their baseball teams go that, at that's it wild. at the wow, same time yeah. it was absolutely a study in fandom and then the ebbs and flows and by the way it's good for me to see I watched Philly lose the World Series I, I as I watched their fan base really die in their own in their own vomit <laughs> yeah I just looked at them and I go wow someone cares as much as we do yeah because those fans oh, yeah. and I've always known it but I, I learned it again yeah. those fans yep. took it hard when yeah. it's happening to you you think you're the only one in the world who can ever feel like this and you then know. sure enough you watch another and you're like I know the deadness in those eyes I felt that. <laughs> I've seen that I know exactly what and that you know is. they're so loud and brash after the solo home run that made it one nothing in game six there literally was a Flyers fan a woman all Flyers gear stood up, faced the other end of the sports bar, and said, F you, F you, F you. Uh-huh. And after, after they pulled yeah. Wheeler, which I still don't understand why, yeah. and he had the three-run homer, Yeah, the Astros fans are so passive. I thought for sure they'd come running over her to her and let her have it. Not no, a word. No. Just cheered in their own fandom and, and, uh-huh. and didn't even bother dealing with the Philly fans. I don't think Astros fans can open their mouths ever again. It doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't no. matter. Like, You're right. Yeah, there's always going to be that asterisk. This one was clean. Yeah. And we think. For that, as far as we know. We'll as far find as out. We know. Yeah. yeah. By the way, what's happened to Jose Altuve? Yeah. yeah. My goodness. Yeah. He's a ghost. Yeah. He was a ghost. He got and they old still fast. Want it. No Brantley. No Altuve. And they still... 
I really liked the, the Astros before the whole cheating thing too. Like that was a team they did it the right way. Well, I did tanked, too. But yeah. they they built from within. They drafted well. They developed well. They did everything right. Yeah. And then everything hit the fan. I um a brief story right. As I was leaving ESPN, I interviewed for the Astros play-by-play job mm-hmm. and probably would have taken it had it not been for this line from Reed Ryan, who's Nolan's kid, who at the time was the GM, said, yeah. just so you know, we know you're a Cleveland fan. This would never be a stepping stone to Cleveland. This would Our last play-by-play guy was here 40 years. We want our next play-by-play guy to be here 40 years. I thought, well, I'm, at the time I was like 52. I was like, I don't think I'm going to be here 40 years. Right. Um, but they were pretty clear on what they were doing and where they wanted to go. But I learned a lot about the organization. Heavy, 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 heavy analytics. Yes. And, yes. and I was pretty up forth, uh, forthright with my opinion on analytics. Yeah. I, I said, I think it has a place. I don't think it should drive the bus. And I have and, a butterfly effect question. Sure. If you would have taken that gig, yes. you would have had that gig. Do you think you would have noticed the garbage can thing? And do you think you would have accepted it? Or do you think you would have tipped off, even though it was your team you were covering, do you think you would have tipped off the commissioner? I wouldn't have noticed it. You wouldn't have noticed no, it? No, because everybody now says, you know, how did everybody miss it? Well, everybody did. That's the fact of the matter. Everybody yeah, but it. you're there every day. You you know baseball. You hear yeah. it. I'm if not you that observant, Mike. You know, yeah, you're giving me I guess way too much true. credit. <laughs> you no, probably you're right. would because you're, right. you're an observationist. Mm-hmm. You, you notice any deviation from the norm. Right. I, when, when stuff like that comes out, and then you look at it and say, oh, my God, how did we miss it? I don't catch that stuff. Yeah. I don't. All right. Well. And, you know, I mean, uh, congratulations to them. Bull is on remote. Bull is under the weather today. He's feeling sick. So oh, no. So he's going to join us from his home. Bull, you there from the bull cave? From the bullpen? I am. Bullpen's you got me? Better. There you are, brother. Yeah. Are you so, feeling better? I, I am feeling a lot better today, Good. but I'm still contagious, so I'm going to stay home for now. But, Jay, I got to respond to a few things you said. First of all. Sure. Um, number one, coincidentally, you just mentioned Reed Ryan, Nolan Ryan's son. Yes. I just happened to yesterday because I wasn't feeling well and I wasn't doing anything. Watch the Nolan Ryan documentary on ESP on uh, Netflix. Did you see it? I have not seen it, but I want to. I, I started it, but I haven't. I imagine it. it's absolutely fantastic. Phenomenal. There were things I did not know. Right. Uh, you guys, Jason. Well, all you guys, you love baseball. So it's a must watch. And his son, yeah. I think, was the executive producer of it. So it, it's really, really good. And, and he has, I mean, you got Randy Johnson and you got all these. Although Robin Ventura refused to be interviewed for it. Oh, get over it already. What a, what a child. <laughs> you know, coward. That? What a coward. At this point, embrace it. I mean, you've been on the butt end of that he? joke yeah, for how, 30 years. How old is he now? He's got to be 50. You know, so up, man. Yeah. Like, I know. Older. You got your ass beat. You okay? make yourself look yeah. so much Ridiculous. worse by not. Yeah. Like, you no, look so no, you you look so much better if you yeah, just talk about it. That is, that's weak. Very weak. Number two. That woman on the on the boat from Philly, that's my kind of woman, because I would do something <laughs> Yeah, you similar. would have loved her ball. And number three, <laughs> I think it's funny, the whole time Jay was away, we were, you know, we we and we have eight, you know, Steve Becker, our executive producer, has created about 42 text, different text chains. We were just talking about that before the show. Right. And Jay, Jay especially is in all of them. I'm in all of them. Mike's in all of them. I'm only in a fraction of them. Yeah, you're, you're in most, but not all. Same thing with Mike Polk. But me, G... Steve, Mike Lucas, probably Anthony, and Jay are in all of these different ones. Yeah. So Jay must have gotten a thousand texts when we when we were away, right? So a thousand. <laughs> At least. He didn't respond to any of them until he got back, except for the only thing he texted. He didn't talk about the Browns winning in an in incredible fashion. He didn't talk about the World Series. Nothing. The only text we got from Jay the entire time was he went away was Miles Straw. 
When did this? When did the goal come? <laughs> <laughs> Bull, I thought of you the second I read it. I thought, you know, from the early in the season when he was killing Steve, Miles by the Straw, way, firing off. There's Steve in his kitchen. <laughs> firing off the he has no idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. He's a, he's angry. I read his lips. <laughs> yep. He didn't say what the fair. What the fair? No. no. <laughs> he said, oh, so, what fun. Bull, so let me explain that. So I, yeah. I, I, I had early on been saying that Miles Straw is an exceptional he's defensive elite. player. We both said I, he's I said elite. elite. Yes. Bull, like, he's okay. He's I mean, all the center fielders are no, good. No, 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 wait a second. I didn't <laughs> say he was average. I said he was really good. But, but you I said, said there's a lot of really good center fielders. Yes, that's what I said. And I kept saying, I think he's a gold glove center fielder. I think he's the best center fielder. And you were right. And so the reason I didn't reply, there's a couple reasons. When, when you're, I thought we get know, a text when Baker scored two touchdowns. Didn't even see that. All right. I, I didn't even see Just it. Check. All garbage when, time, but he did. When, when you're at sea, the whole idea is to be away. To get unplugged. And so I did. But occasionally when I was in port in certain cities, I would get internet. And yeah. as soon as I got it, I would try to read what I could. But I, I, I'm like, you know. Your phone yeah. just goes. I'm days behind yeah. in the text yeah. chain. I have no idea where I am. But I did feel like when I saw Strong won the, the Golden Glove, I'm like, I got to send that out there. Yeah. I have to. And I sent good. two texts in, in reality. I oh. sent one text, I think, yesterday when I heard that you were missing because you were sick. I said, feel well. Right. Be well. Yes, you did. Thank you. But I, when did you get – did you get back yesterday or Sunday? Uh, Sunday. Back in town. We, we got back Sunday, and um, yeah. we, we ported in Miami Sunday uh, morning, and we flew home Sunday evening. So real uh, quick on the straw yeah, thing, since sure. we brought it up, yeah. I wrote in the athletic last week, week before that straw established himself as a core piece, everyday player. And people yeah. went crazy and against said, it. Yes. Saying, wow. how can you say that? Just move Quan over and put another bat and left. I'm like, guys, he just won a freaking gold glove. Yeah, that matters. Like, why yeah. would you mess with that now? I'm like, with you, you have two gold glove outfielders out there. <laughs> By the way, I, I, I'm sure you guys looked it up. I can't remember the last time a team won four gold gloves. I don't Can either. Anybody? Yeah, I, no. I remember it was in the. I forget who it was, but it was been a long time. It was in the. It was in the paper. Because Maybe the they, Red, The Reds were pretty good defensively. I don't know if they I'm ever sure had, it was in the release. I can Steve, find. Yeah, I just was. I was. Um, I was. My memory says it was 2006, and I don't remember the team. Okay, but 06. it's the first time the Is this Indians. Helpful, everyone. Yeah, uh, the uh, Guardians. That's way me, off track. In there, yeah. Uh, Bull, great to see you again. Um, yes. Bull's coming from home. G. Bush today under the weather. So the UCSS, you know, our uh, playing hurt list is very long today. It is, but, but by it's the way, Jay, up mentality. What's that? By ball? the way, the two the two thousand three Mariners were the last team to win four. Oh, goals, okay. So, Thank you. Well, yeah, it's been a while. That's rare, man. You you yeah. just don't see that. I got I got a text from Mike at like nine fifteen saying, "Can you come in?" And I was like, "Well, I'm in my pajamas because I just did four <laughs> hours of radio and wasn't planning on doing this." But and I was gonna try and like race home. And change and hurry up and come back. Yeah. It's like, yeah, no, I'll be peeling in here at 11.03. Well, it's that. good to have you in. Um, we got to force you into the coal mine, Jason. Let's talk about basketball and football. Yeah, I know. But <laughs> twist our arms. We're going to do it. We're going to talk about that Cavs game last night. Wow. Um, and, you know, they're going to lose, of course. Right. Uh, the way they lost was a little concerning. Not ideal. Uh, not ideal at all. We're also going to have our Major League uh, movie review today. Like 30 years yeah. after its release. I can't We've wait been, to listen, find out. We have been asked since that day to do this multiple times, and we were waiting for you to get back, Jay. We didn't want to do it. I'm glad you so. waited because I'm, I'm anxious to see what you thought of the film. Did, did it live up 
Is it just great but for Clevelanders? And 12 it 15, we're going to get into that. Mike had the audacity when I got here to say, to ask, have you seen Major League? I'm like, are you kidding yeah, me? Uh, no. I saw it 30 years ago yeah. when it came out. A reminder why we're doing this since. in case anybody hasn't been paying attention to this because he had not seen Major League somehow, McNuggets despite had not being seen it. a grown man who does a sports show in Cleveland yeah. for quite some time now. Had I'm not surprised he got the job with that. Like an hour it. and 25 minute movie that everyone in the world has seen <laughs> and has been on cable on a constant loop for the last 35 years, and he's been able to avoid it somehow. You can't turn on TBS on a weekend and not see it. It's playing it. right now. Somewhere. Somewhere. Probably. Absolutely. So we're going we're gonna to talk about that. Um, also, Jen Matthews is here. She's going to do our Browns-Dolphins trivia. Of course, they nice. play the Dolphins this week, so she always shows up and gives us trivia questions about uh, the Browns' um, upcoming opponent. Uh, and I mentioned we're going to talk about the Cavs. We'll get into that, too. But we have to start with, uh, with the Browns, who looked great in their win over uh, Cincinnati. They're 3-5 and five now, but suddenly 3-5 and five feels kind of odd when you – Look at what the Ravens all of a sudden are doing yeah. and where they are. And boy, did they upgrade themselves with the trade yes. of all trades at the deadline. Um, he, he was a monster last night. It did, you know that they talked about it during the telecast. The two positions that you can make the most impact mm-hmm. right away: linebacker and running back. And we've seen that both with McCaffrey in San Francisco, and last night. My goodness, um, he's an animal. So it's but the Ravens now are starting to feel like they're putting Pulling some real away. distance they're pulling away. between everybody else. And I don't know that at 3-5 <coughs> you can start looking at wild cards in the well, AFC. They, that, the Miami game is actually really important in terms of that because they've lost so many AFC games. Yeah, they're you, not going to have tiebreakers. You're exactly right. You cannot lose AFC games so, at this point. And so just even winning the Miami game could be huge in terms of tiebreakers down yeah. the stretch. I think that we all think that's a winnable game. I mean, we'll yeah. make our picks as we get on. But now you're on that boat watching this Browns game. And you said there were a bunch of other Browns fans on there, none of whom Many. you knew before. Uh, I, to be... I knew none of them prior to. Okay. Yeah. And then, so this is how I felt the mood. And by the way, I was stunned at how many people commented on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show on the ship. Now, granted, they're all Browns fans in that area, but would, that's the community that we've made the biggest inroads with. The obviously, boat folk. Browns fans. Oh, yeah. And, Browns um, fans. So that was kind of cool to see that, you know, yeah. we've resonated so the Browns fan psyche. You could feel it, though, in, that, in, the, in the group where at the beginning of that game, like, you knew that if we lost that game, then, like, pretty much the vibe of the season was It was dead. the season. Everybody yes. pretty much agreed we've got to win to stay alive. So what was it like the vibe where you were at afterwards? Was it just like, well? Drinks were flowing. Right? <laughs> Drinks that, were flowing. Isn't that in something? typical Cleveland sports fan fashion, you start doing math. You yeah, Well, you always get pulled back in just when yep. you jump off. And then it's like, whoa, 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 whoa more pain to, to, to dispense. Uh-huh. Come back on. Then we're going to slap you around a little bit. <laughs> yep. Then you can jump off. Then you can, you know, we'll pull you back in. Such a toxic and then, relationship. It really is. It really is a toxic relationship. <laughs> but it was crazy to me was the fan base was cheering just as hard as if we were 8-0. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just insane. We are sweet I'm idiots. telling you, there, you know, there's just a different thread that Cleveland sports fans have going through them that mm-hmm. other teams fans just don't seem to have. But that's a part of it, that yep. love-hate relationship. But now everything looks good. So now you start looking ahead. And you're like, okay, well, Miami's doable. And then you look at Tampa Bay. Well, uh, Tom Brady, with the exception of that last drive on Sunday, has not been Tom Brady. So you start looking at these games then all of and a you sudden start you racking convinced, up wins. You convince yourself. You're like, Buffalo's due for a fall. Well, Josh, Josh Allen's Allen. hurt now. Josh there Allen. you go. So, you know, you can, we can find ways to <laughs> rationalize our way into <laughs> we, the playoffs we, so we, easily. That's what we do. Uh-huh. So, today we're going to focus on the offense of the Browns against the Miami defense. And um, some pertinent numbers for you here. 
Miami's defense in yards allowed per game, 23rd. Passing defense, yards allowed, 23rd. Rushing defense, 15th. Points, 25th. The Browns' offense, I, I, I just, it just, it's crazy to me how well they've performed compared to everybody else in the league. Yeah, you think we'd be better? They're fourth. I know. They're how fourth good in it total is. yards. They're seventh in total points. They're 16th in passing yards and third in rushing yards. When you look at these numbers and you realize that Miami's defense is down here and the Browns' offense is up here. How do we go after this Miami defense, which has been really, really, really bad against the pass? Well, I want to keep the ball out of two his hands and out of Tyreek Hill's hands. So I, I, I'm going to agree with run Nick Chubb. I know we've had that argument over and over and over. Sure. Is Nick Chubb getting the ball enough? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I think you really need to try and establish the run in this game just because Miami can score so many points in such a hurry. You know, we saw that in the Atlanta game when they go for it on fourth and three from the four because they felt like Atlanta could score points and they needed six instead of threes. Right. I think you're going to see a lot of that again this Sunday because this team could score in bunches. You're going to see them trying to be aggressive, score sixes instead of threes. I just think you need to establish the run because, I, I mean, it sounds – it's a no-duh – but just because of Miami's potent offense, you want them to have the ball as least amount as possible. Like, it's, it's a no-duh. I love that one. It is a no-duh. It's a no-duh. Adam, what's the secret? Well, a <clears throat> couple things, guys. Before I get to specifics of this game and why my optimism, I want to tell you why my optimism has grown. Because think about this, right? We know the Browns have played well against the Bengals. So it's easy for somebody to say, well, they played great against the Bengals, but so what? They did last year and they sucked anyway. And there was part of me thinking that after the game. But then the bank, and I know Carolina's not good. I get it. But the Browns' defense had been just as bad as Carolina's defense going, in, going into the last couple of weeks. And yet the Bengals this weekend went out there and played maybe the best first half of football that any team has played all season, up 35 nothing on Carolina at halftime. So here I'm thinking, the Browns shut down a team, an offense, that, for the last five weeks before they played them was phenomenal. They lose Chase, so you think maybe, okay, it's just that's a big factor, which it is. But without Chase, they scored 35 on Carolina in the first half. A Carolina team, frankly, that had been playing decent football the last couple of weeks with P.J. Walker. So that, to me, the way the Bengals played against Carolina made what the Browns did to the Bengals even more impressive and has grown my confidence. And here's a second reason specific to what you guys said in terms of the Browns' defense against the Dolphins' offense. The Bengals struggled to run the ball all year until yesterday against Carolina. Well, what are the Dolphins? And they, and they graded throwing the ball. Well, the Dolphins are the exact same thing. The Dolphins are 6-0 when Tua starts and finishes a game. They've won not because their defense has been great in most of these games. It's been okay. Not because they can run the ball, because they throw the ball. 
And if you're one-dimensional against the Browns, that can be a problem. It was for the Bengals last week, and it might be for the Dolphins again this week. The bank, In fact, the Dolphins are even less committed to the run than the Bengals are. They're averaging under four yards per carry. Unlike the Bengals, they don't have a really good back like Joe Mixon. Now, they got Jeff Wilson, who did okay this week from the Niners. Uh, but they don't have a really good backfield. And, that, and, and I think the Browns appear to be a defense that when you go one-dimensional pass only, it works for them. And so that could be the advantage that the Browns could take in this game because the Dolphins really have had an inability to run the football. That's a, it's a good point, and I, I, it's just a real head-scratcher to me. The Bengals um, against the Browns, for whatever reason, this is carried over now. This is the third straight season we've seen it. They just look like a completely different team, and I don't know if it's something Joe Woods is throwing at them. They didn't seem to – I mean, defensively, just what they were putting out there was working. Um, they certainly got pressure on the quarterback, which always helps. One stat that's a little concerning to me, I I mentioned Miami's rushing allowed yards. They're 15th, middle of the road, nothing great. But most of the rushing yards against the Dolphins' defense has actually been put on the board by the opposing quarterbacks. They're holding running backs to 55 yards a game, Hmm. opposing running backs. And that that scares me a little bit. That was pre-Chubb, right? Well, Miami. Miami is. So, I mean, we'll see what Chubb can do against them. But, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But the fact that they're only averaging 55 yards allowed on the ground is a little concerning to me because, talk about one-dimensional, if you're the Browns and the run game is not working at all, you're in big trouble. And you're counting on that Jacoby Brissett cannon to carry you (laughs) through the game? Yeah, don't. Don't have high hopes for that. Mm-hmm. No, you're so. right. That would be ugly. And I'm concerned about a little bit, I feel like uh, understandably so, about the secondary. Still dinged up a little bit yeah. and going against these guys. Putting a lot on, putting uh, a lot of pressure on, uh, what's his face, Emerson? Is that his name? Yeah, Emerson. Uh, I mean, for, for being a rookie and just relying on him to have to uh, cover this and Greedy Williams, which, you know, is, it's just not, that's not a great situation. He's still there. on the team, huh? Yeah, he still is. He's, he's lingering about. So that's 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 the that's that's one of my big concerns. Hopeful, hopeful. There you see the the tweet from Zach yesterday that Denzel will be cleared in time to to play. Obviously, they they could use Denzel Ward. He hasn't had a great year, but they could use Denzel Ward against Tyree Kill and this receivers yeah. and these Miami receivers. That's we what say- scares me. He'll he'll the matchup. I mean, obviously every team struggles. Yeah. But if Ward isn't there to match up, he's the cheat code. I don't know how you cover. Tyree you Hill. don't. I mean, you, you, your hope is that you can put a lid on him and don't let him get behind defenses, but that's really difficult to say. And you bracket the coverage towards Tyreek and play man on everyone else and, I don't and want for the best. Chances. I don't right. want to uh, curse the kid, but shout out to that Martin Emerson dude uh, this so far this year. He is we, we talk a lot about like Anthony Schwartz and some of the misses and stuff uh, right. in the draft. That's a dude they got in the third round. Yeah, and they nailed it. And he's they got a, it. and he's and he we got him considered a reach a lot. at that yeah. point. No one, you know, didn't go to and the big school. I don't know. I don't know if it'll keep going in this direction, but so far, I mean, he just look. He looks very comfortable out there. He does. That's, he looks like he belongs. Yeah. Um, I like the fact that he's bigger and longer. You know, when you when you have the same body type in your defensive backfield, and then you get a receiver that is a big long mm-hmm. receiver, right? You have no answers to put on someone like that. Well, this. And I'm sure that's one of the reasons they were so attracted to him. But he's played great so far. Hopefully, it can continue. My, I think Denzel is the linchpin in this game. I think if he plays and plays well, the Browns win. 
I think if he doesn't play, it's going to be a serious, serious uphill climb. And I think I saw this morning that Njoku has been upgraded to questionable. Yeah, still no word. I think there's a chance he plays. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, it's you would think it, it's getting better. Originally, he had ruled out playing the week after the injury, right. you know, which was kind of surprising to me. Um, and he's had the bye week. He's had another couple extra weeks here to heal up. Would they tell just, us if he was on path? Or is this, does he? Does Stefanski hide his hand often Jason, when he's doing this stuff? You, what's your What's your Yeah, that, well, I think Njoku they'll probably take right up to a game time mm-hmm. decision. Yeah. I, why I would, tell him? I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if you don't, and it, and it may truly be, some guys really are a let's get to Sunday, go through workouts, yeah, see how you feel on the field, and we'll make a decision based off that. Mm-hmm. McNuggets. Yeah, tease for tomorrow. Tyvis, Coach Tyvis is going to break out the whiteboard and show nice. us what the Browns' defense should do or should try to do against Tyreek and Jalen Waddle because they've been absurd this year. We showed the yeah. stat yesterday. If you pull up the uh, receiving stat about Tyreek, he has more yards by himself. You take tag board full here. More yards than seven, eight, nine teams in the NFL by himself, <laughs> which is wow. just silly. That's insane. And wow, the Browns that's incredible. play a, a ton of zone, and Tyvis showed me the play he wants to break down tomorrow and how uh, – What's they're looking for? How playing zone like that could just lead to dink and dunk, death by paper cut if the Dolphins play it. So just tomorrow around 11.45, yeah. Coach Tive is must-see TV. What is the uh, the single-season record for receiving yards? Did Randy Moss have that? Calvin Johnson no, Cooper at 2000. Cup. Uh, Cooper did Cup Cooper last Cup year. break it last year? No, I think Calvin Johnson did. I'll look it up. Bo, you said you had a comment on the running backs. I'll look up the record. Yeah, yeah look I, it up because I, I thought Cooper Cup broke it. Maybe he fell just short last year, but – Jay, to your point on the on what the Dolphins have done against the running backs, yeah, you know if you if you think about it, I mean Baltimore and Chicago, two teams they faced running, they're led by their their running quarterbacks, right? But they played against Buffalo and Cincinnati, who don't run the ball or haven't. Uh, Pittsburgh hasn't run on anybody, but if you look at when they faced the Jets, Brees Hall had a good game against them. <laughs> Dalvin Cook had a good game against them in Minnesota. With Detroit, DeAndre Swift had just come back from injury; he didn't play that much in that game. So in, in those, they haven't faced a lot of top running backs. The two top running backs they faced both played well. Cook and, and Brees Hall before he got hurt, obviously. And so, I imagine Josh Allen was the leading rusher for the Bills when Josh they played Josh Allen Miami. was the leading rusher. Yeah. He had, uh, you go right to the next one, Steve. Cut right to the next one. He had f- one more. He had 48 yards and uh, uh, Zach Moss had 46. The single season record, by the way. Yeah. Calvin Johnson, 1,964 yards. Cooper Cup was 18 yards short of that last year. Yeah, I knew it was close. Tyree kills on pace to crack 2,000. Yeah, I was going to say, he's going to demolish that record this year if he he stays healthy and stays on that pace. Like, records Mm -hmm. are going to be getting kind of weird with the extra Yeah, with the 17 games. And and they only have those two guys because I think Mike Gusecki, I believe, is the Dolphins' third leading receiver with, like, 200 yards. So it's Mm. the two guys. He goes to them all the time. Because they're great, both of them, him and Watt. Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you? They get open, and that – So all we got to do is lock down Tyreek Hill, <laughs> and we'll be fine, That's guys. it. There you go. Get him, gre- get him, Greedy Williams. <laughs> Good luck with that. We're fine. Good luck. It's, it's incredible watching Hill, how much he's open. Mm-hmm. Even there, – there are times when he doesn't get the ball, and he could get these open. Yeah. yeah. It's just, you know, they decided how to go did, somewhere else. How did Tua suddenly turn the corner this year? Tyreek Hill. That's why. That's I, really I, what it is. I've never been sold on Tua as an NFL quarterback. Yeah. His release is wonky. Yeah. I just don't think his decision-making is there. Uh-huh. I, I've never been sold on him. It's It goes to show you what a game-breaking wide receiver 
who is constantly open can do and he's catching, for an otherwise average yeah. or below average quarterback. Two has been below average. It, right. His That's career was, was this, in the balance. This came out of nowhere. We, we actually, I asked Aditi that yesterday. We had Aditi on and we were talking about, I said, you know, are the Dolphins finally sold on Tua now? And she said, Mike McDaniel is sold on Tua and has been from day one. Yeah. And I think that's a big part of it is, listen, he knows he's been jerked yeah. around a little bit. Is he or isn't he? And Mike McDaniel from day one has told him, you are our guy. Don't worry about that. Don't look over your shoulder. Go out there and play. I think he's been put in positions to be successful. I think he has confidence now. Mm-hmm. He has the backing of the organization now. And having Tyree Kill out there to throw to, certainly helps as well. I mean, you give any quarterback Tyreek Kill, and they're going to be better. Go ahead, Bull. The confidence from the coach, I think Jason brings up a great point. You're right. I mean, I was with you, Jay. I'm not a believer in Tua. I still think he's got to prove it longer. But it is fair to say that Brian Flores was screwing with him last year. I mean, I – he, yeah. he, was, he was, like, worried about getting benched every time he threw a bad pass, and you, nobody's going to have success that way. I, I think that's clearly something that's big, the coach right off the bat believing him. Plus, now it's a couple of years off those serious injuries that he had. So I think that probably factors in as well. I, I don't think anybody thinks he's a great quarterback, but he's playing great football. So how many, times, how many times over the years have we heard the Dolphins have two number one picks and they're looking at quarterbacks and they're trying to figure out if two is mm-hmm. the end? I mean, Adam Schefter yeah. was reporting that seemingly every year yep. is the whole, do the, do the Dolphins stick with Tua? Do they move on from him? Right. And at some point, yeah, that wears on guys for sure. Yeah, you hear it enough. It does become the drowning, the overwhelming noise in the yeah. room. And I, I, I think that... Look, if, if you put Tyreek Hill on any team in the NFL, their offensive production is going to go up. Their quarterback is going to look better. He also has, I think this, this is important to state, is that he has a great second option with Waddle. The, right. the production between the two of them. Right. Um, Mike, you showed that he's, uh, Hill has more yards than nine teams by yeah, pull himself. Yeah, back up. We could, we read if you session, added we'll Waddle to the mix, they probably have more receiving yards than half the league's team. So right now... If the season ended today, Tyreek Hill is first in the NFL in receiving yards. He has nearly, or he has over nearly 250 more receiving yards than Justin Jefferson, who's in second. Jalen Waddles in fifth in the league. He's one yard behind Cooper Cup for fourth, and he's only 43 yards behind Justin Jefferson for second. Wow. So, so those two combined. If he went over, off against the Browns, they could have the number one and number two receivers in the NFL. Those two combined have 2,000 receiving yards. The Browns as a team, or Reset has thrown for 1,900 yards. So yeah. that puts it into consideration or uh, context. Now you give two of the quarterback or the running, wide receivers of the Patriots or the Cowboys, hell, even the Browns, sure. yeah. mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, Tua looks like a middle, I think, he looks like a middle-of-the-road well, guy. And that's because like the, I, I've always believed that a franchise quarterback, an elite quarterback, can make an a ordinary receiving core better then an elite receiver can make an ordinary quarterback. Right. But Tyreek is starting to challenge that a little bit. He's the one guy that would change my mind on that because I'm with you. Yeah, absolutely. I've always, like, you know, I mean, when Baker played really well, he made Brashard Perryman look like an all-pro his, his, as a rookie. Yeah, and what if you go back to his time at Kansas City, and they talked about this uh, during the broadcast of the game Sunday night with Kansas City, they said that I, I haven't looked this up statistically. I don't know, but they said that Patrick Mahomes is on pace to have his best year ever as a pro. Yeah, he leads the league what, in passing yards at the moment, which is stunning because you literally think about what Kansas City had. Yep. Yeah, they had the dynamic, game-changing wide receiver and the dynamic, game-changing quarterback tight end. and the mm-hmm. tight end. It's a and the tight end. It's a mystery to me that they've only won one. 
Yep. With all of that talent. Yeah. And somehow, some way, they only managed to and win. And both the of one them Super are producing Bowl. despite like going their separate ways. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, not like it turns they out it the other to be who they turns are. Turns out they were both fine without each other. <laughs> you know. And it's, and it's very funny. rare that that happens. It's funny too because Mahomes and Tyreek have been, it's worked out for both sides. Yeah. yeah. Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers is That's the different. opposite. Oh my Aaron goodness! You stole my no point, Mike. Oh, Bo, sorry. I, I, Bo, you can go. I, you can finish. It's a tag team effort. It's so fun hearing you just pipe in without seeing you right out of the way. Cause it, it sounds like a like a puppet from Crank Yankers is trying to butt in. Well, Bo, no, I, I was literally just Allen, thinking. You got to throw down the oop now. But you know what's you know what's funny is that Devontae Adams, who's obviously been one of the best receivers in football, he leaves Green Bay. They've been awful this year. But he goes to Oakland. He's putting up good numbers, but they're terrible too. Yeah. They've been horrible. Derek Carr's having a miserable year. And it is remarkable. So he hasn't made that, di- even though, in theory, he's negatively affected the Packers because they're three and six. But he, it hasn't had a positive effect on the Raiders, even though he has still put up pretty good numbers. Not Tyreek Hill numbers, but but pretty good number. I think he's top ten in receiving. I thought the Car Adams thing. They played together in college. I thought that yes. that yeah. combo would just pick up where they left off, yeah. and everything would be great. So it really is an interesting study to see what's happened. With Kansas City and Miami, and then juxtapose that with what's happened with the Raiders, who have gone south, and the Packers can't score a touchdown all of a sudden. They can't. They Let me can't give you score. another one, guys. Yeah. Let me give you another one where it's also worked out similar to Miami. How about Philadelphia with A.J. Brown going there? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Jalen Hurts is in the MVP conversation. He's been remarkable. A.J. Brown's been one of the best receivers in football. Yeah, it really is. Did people what's going see on. that coming? Did people see Philly coming? I didn't. The, I, I thought didn't. they'd be good. You know, the Not stat that good. I always talk Not about that I good. think is the most reflective stat in terms of looking at one stat and, and guessing success for the season is the takeaway. Mm-hmm. I, I looked at it this morning. Philly's first. New mm-hmm. England is second. I think the Ravens are third. All of the teams that are at the top. You would expect, yeah. Are the, when you look at the records, yeah, makes sense, makes sense, makes sense. Hmm. As much as we talk about wide receivers and running backs and quarterbacks and defense, there really is one stat that is very predictive to what your win-loss record is going to be, and it comes down to the turnover margin. Yeah. You can look at the top teams in the league, and they're, they're the best in terms of records, and you can look at the teams that are bottom in the league, and they're usually amongst the worst. But it's yet it's so hard to predict turnovers a lot of them are fluky yeah it's i mean you could be plus six one year and and minus three the next yeah Mm -hmm. you can't bank on it everybody coaches everybody coaches get the ball out defensively rip the ball out you know but yeah the fact that some that winning is dependent on that statistic that's out of your control in some ways is yeah uh, i mean in in some there's certain things you can do to force you know strip sacks yep those, those sometimes coverage interceptions where your, your DBs are so so good, quarterbacks start squeezing it in the windows. Mikey, did you look that up? Yeah, so this is – we all know turnovers is always a indi- good indicator of winning. Yeah. But of the top ten teams in the NFL right now in turnover differential, there's one anomaly. I'm going to read this in order. There usually one is one at 10. the top and the bottom. I'm going to read uh, – I'll check the bottom in a sec. But yeah. of the top ten, this is from one down to ten. Let's point out the anomaly. The Eagles at plus 15 – Number one team in the league. Ravens, second, plus seven. Cowboys, third, plus six. Vikings, tied for third at plus six. Bengals, plus three. Titans, plus three. Cardinals, plus three. Seahawks, plus three. Giants, plus two. And Chargers, plus two. 
the Seahawks or the the, the, the uh, Cardinals, Cardinals are the anomaly. Are the anomaly suck. there? But they've also turned the ball over a lot. They just have had very lucky turnover uh, mm. fortunes. They picked off Andy Dalton twice in that one game. For Took pick one sixes, for a pick six. Returned one for a pick. Both one for pick six. They yeah, two pick right. sixes. And within a minute or so. And at the bottom, I'm looking at it now. I mean, these are the worst teams in the league. New Orleans, dead last. They're terrible. Mm-hmm. The Colts, second. They're terrible. The Rams, the Packers, the Panthers, the Commanders, the Steelers, and then the Browns. Yeah. Minus four in the turnover. Well, and if you look at where the Browns are, they're they're three and yep, five. Three and, five. And, and that's probably I mean it really is. It's a crazy stat. As and much as we talk about numbers. Opposite? Yeah. Miami, minus three. Yeah, I knew Miami. That's why I started down this road. Miami does not take the ball away. It's not that they turn it over so much, they just don't take it away. I think they're they're the second to last in the league. Yeah, going to last and force them. Take three takeaways all season. That's it. Three. Yeah. That's crazy. That is crazy. So it's really, really tough to win long term in this league. And the larger the sample size gets, the more this holds true. At the end of the year, when we look at that, I bet there won't be an anom- anomaly in the top 10. No, nope, because or in now the bottom they're going to have five turnovers on us because <laughs> we're putting this out there into the world. <laughs> the Chiefs are also works? middle of the pack. That's yep. the other kind of weird one. The Chiefs what? and the Bills are both uh, – Chiefs are minus one, Bills are plus one in the turnover differential. Yeah. Like I said, the bigger the sample size, the, the more that mm-hmm. these teams will separate from where they are. Because the Bengals, we, I think you said, were plus three, and they were in top ten – so minus one, you know, obviously over the next seven or eight games, that all could come out in the wash. But I don't know. I think the Browns absolutely have to uh, take care of the football. You can't. It, it just really speaks to what this league is. If you t- if you turn the ball away, turn the ball over, and you don't, and, and you get turnovers, it just it's really hard to be successful when you're giving the football away, particularly when you're giving the team a short field. Did you? Uh, anybody foresee the Browns, though, with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback averaging 25 points a game, which is pretty remarkable. No, I had to do Zach Jackson, my partner on the Browns, and I did a like a Browns at the Bye type podcast, mm-hmm. and he said, come up with something that you were right about and wrong about. And I said, Jacoby Brissett for both. Because yeah. ultimately, <laughs> he's been far better than I ever thought he could be. Right. Far better. But he's also had Turned it over a lot the catastrophic turnovers yes. at end-of-game situations mm-hmm. that has absolutely killed them. So yeah. you can look at all their offensive numbers and say, Jacoby Brissett's not the problem with this team. And while I agree with that, Brissett has absolutely killed them in late-game situations yeah. when you've got to have it from your quarterback. Just give them the Jets game. That was the one that that's I just the one going I back. totally I agree with you. I said we're going to get to the end of the year, and that's the one. Yeah. Just fall on the ball. Just fall on the onside yeah. kick. That's it. That's the Win one that, that can really haunt them. And because how much different do they look at four and four as opposed to three and well, five? Well, they've today? got a legitimate shot at getting to six and five, which is what everybody thought yep. they needed to be yep. when Watson came back. If this offense is fourth in yards with Jacoby Brissett, they could be one of the most explosive offenses in the NFL yes. with Deshaun which Watson. Which is why I keep screaming about the Kevin Stefanski nonsense. Like, what else do you want him to do? They, yeah, right. He's had bad moments. He's had bad games. Yes. Every coach does. Of course. Every coach. But what do you – I mean, look at what he's been given throughout his career at quarterback, and look what he's done with it. Yeah. What else do you want from the guy? Like, right. He's had oh, – it just – it drives me crazy. And I, I do think they're going to be explosive when they get Deshaun in there. Maybe not right away. It's going to take some time. But now to get to, to six and five, you've got to win out. You've got to win the last three. Yeah. And that's Bull, is that happen. doable? 
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Can they win the last three? Yeah, before before they get Watson back. If Josh Allen's arm falls off today and he goes into surgery. Well, I I mean. Can they? Yes. Will they? Probably not. Uh, I don't think they have to win all three guys. You think they can get there at five and six? I think they can, but they're going to have to go. I think if they if they win, they have to win two of the three, right? If they're five and six, I think they can get in, but Watson's going to have to go five and one. I think ten wins probably gets them in. But how do they get in? Because there's nine teams ahead of them right now in the AFC. They're not going to hold any wild cards except maybe Miami. Jason, to your point. To your point, they're one and four against the teams ahead of them, and zero oh and three against the teams ahead of them that are in the playoffs. It doesn't listen. The numbers don't add up. However, if they do win, you know, seven of their last nine games, which they're going to have to do to probably to get into the playoffs, and let's say the only losses are to Buffalo and either Baltimore or Cincinnati at the end. Let's say they lose one of those two. And lose to Buffalo. Well, then you would, you know, yeah, you're probably not going to get a lot of tiebreakers. But are there going to be seven other teams that win ten games? Maybe, I but mean, right you know, now, some of- yes, right now that they're. Do you they're- want me to run down the schedule? I got it in front of me You've- with teams. So the Bills are six and two. Yeah. The Jets are six and three. That's the one that's going to. That's us. not going to last. That's yeah. The no, Dolphins, no, but but they got to run. They got the, the tiebreaker. Yeah. Yep. The Dolphins are six and three. That's why this week is so crucial. Yeah. And the yeah. Patriots, who own the tiebreaker, are five and four. So the whole AFC East is above five hundred. In the North, you have the Ravens at six and three. The Bengals at five and four. So you have the tiebreaker currently over the Bengals. You'll see them again. Same with the Ravens. In the South, the Titans are making the playoffs. The other three teams are trash. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then in the West. The Chiefs will make the playoffs at six and two. The Chargers are five and three with yeah. the tiebreaker over them. Yep. So, I think I think the path is I think the path is the division. You have to win the division. I agree, I don't but you're... that's why I was so disappointed last night that with the Ravens right. won and and, and looked, looked good impressive. doing it. Yeah. Like, so that's why I just keep going back to the Jets game. You can play. All, there were a lot of other ifs, ifs, ifs. Totally agree. But the Jets game is an all-time it was a epic collapse. Loss. Yes. It was. A, if you go back, it's been 30 years or whatever since the team blew a 14-point lead with under two minutes to go. Just hold your damn serve there. Yep. The difference between four and four and three and five is it's light massive. years. Yep. It's light years. Because at four and four, there is yeah. an absolute path to get there. I just Guys, don't see how it happens now. Here's the problem with trying to win the division, right? You've already lost to the Ravens. Mm-hmm. You're, what, two and a half games back of the Ravens. Yeah. Have you guys seen the Ravens' schedule? I have, yes. Seven of the, the next uh, eight games are against sub-500 teams. They've have, they the have o- one team on their schedule the rest of the way that's a 500 team. And that's the Bengals. That's it. And and they – I can't they, – they've upgraded their defense as much as I've ever seen – one yes. team upgrade their defense during the season. Yeah, they looked completely different. They know what they're doing. Agreed. They have. Yeah, for a they long do. Time. They do. I never it's thought that, that trade would was even possible. 
With Roquan Smith? I just didn't think. Yeah, why, would, why would Chicago let him go? Well, they weren't going to sign him, but. Why? Because you know, they're rebuilding. He's an off-ball linebacker. But I was, I was doing some research, and I saw <laughs> that just... Ravens general manager Eric DaCosta was, you know, looking for players at the deadline, and he didn't want to make a big move. Then he had a built bar. And the built bar inspired him <laughs> with sense. the extra he's protein. He's getting better at hiding his delivery through his these. veins <laughs> to go out and make a big ballsy move like acquiring Roquan Smith. So built bar you know led to that trade. I can Makes afford sense. Roquan Smith because I saved $100 by using promo code LOCKDOWN15 on that built bar wow. order. And that yeah. extra cash yep. helped us get Roquan Smith. It sucks for Browns fans, but... Eric DaCosta. Got to respect the built bar, though. Got to respect the built bar. Mike, he used to show his fastball. I used to see I know. It I used to see it coming a mile away. He's now really he just slid that in, in that there. I'm like, what? I just told Anthony I got, I got a good one coming. Be ready. Yeah, it was well done. <laughs> I'm pretty proud of that one. Well Thank done. You. Uh, yeah, he was, did look really good last night, though. In all seriousness, Roquan Smith made a massive difference. He held Alvin Kamara to like three yards out of the backfield on receptions, which no one has done. He neutralized one of the, one of the game's best players. And, and really, it, he's – I don't know – Alave had an okay game, but their passing game, they're a mess. The Saints are an absolute. No Landry boot. last night. Jarvis wasn't out there. Yeah. I mean, they're just a guys, mess. Go guys, ahead, we've missed the we've missed the sorry to, j- to jump in here, but uh we we've we've missed the biggest story of the weekend. The Colts hired the Col- a coach yeah, I know. out of the TV booth. This is insane. Insane. <laughs> this- I worked with Jeff for ten years. He's a great guy. How's that gonna go? But I <laughs> Listen, it's crazy. crazy. How's it going to go? Do you guys know his record in high school as a coach? Yeah, he he's like 500. Yeah, he's just like an average coach. 20 and 16. He coached at a, at a Christian high school, I Christian think. Christian high school in Georgia. Here's the weird they thing. They may call me. you to call the plays on Sunday because <laughs> they don't have a play caller. <laughs> That's where it's going to break down. I, I think if you had a good offensive coordinator and a good defensive coordinator, you could come in and you could have – first of all, the Colts are a mess. Yeah. When I watched their news conference last night – he he is unhinged. He Jim is Ursa unhinged. Is that was unhinged. the best press conference ever. I just electric. I, I said this morning, like every team has PR guys who like coach you up during a press conference. This is what you say. Avoid this. Phrase this this way. This is the points we want to hit on. It's like he walked into that room and said, "Nope, I got this." He showed up looking for a fight. He set analytics on fire, too. And he's going to get it. He wanted a fight. He's going to get a fight. Yeah, it's not going to end well. Unbelievable. It is not going to end well. How is Saturday going to do as a coach? Just a reminder, I can reach you really well. His men will run through a wall for him. Okay. He was – I used to love to watch when former players would come into the green room and they would interact with ESPN's talent. Uh Uh-huh. Because a lot of them – uh, hold their yeah, – they, they're not big on throwing opinion around, the, the players right. when they come in. Bite yeah. their toes. But Jeff Saturday was an absolute man's man. Every guy that came in loved Jeff Saturday. I don't know what it is okay. about him. He's a man's man. He's yeah. funny. Mm-hmm. He's a super nice guy. He, has, he doesn't have faith in him as a coach. But, <laughs> but no, listen, I'm, 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 I'm going there. Okay. Where I'm going with this is – we always talk about Kevin Stefanski should be the CEO, and I want my offensive coordinator piloting the offense with the CEO's input, a mm-hmm. lot of input, and the same thing on the defensive side. This can't work, guys. It nope. cannot work. It's going same. to be an epic fail because what you have is an owner who's now decided that the entire establishment is broken. Right. I don't want a, I don't want a head coach with any experience. Mm-hmm. Okay, that usually goes very badly and he like most that meet and spend time with Jeff Saturday love being around him and Jeff makes great sense when you listen to him on TV 
I've seen a lot of guys make great sets right. when you listen to them on TV. I've also seen coaches that were pretty damn good come on TV and couldn't get their way out of the segment. Right, right. You know? It's two completely different animals. It's two worlds. Yes. It's two worlds. Like, you're Rex Ryan, Ryan was you're a, a guy. great heart surgeon. You're a terrible delivery person. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. That's it. Come on. That's it. Rex Ryan was a guy. I had zero faith in Rex as a coach. I really, I just, I just thought the guy was the biggest fraud ever. He would come into the studio and everybody, the camera people would be like, uh-huh. We're, we're hanging on every word. Right. Yeah. He's charismatic. Yeah. Um, charisma in the coaching world doesn't amount to a hill of beans. Right. And if you look historically at the great, the all-time greats, who's the best of all time? Bill Belichick. How much charisma does he have? Right. You can put all of his charisma in this cap, <laughs> and you, you would still bottle. be able generous. to fit a cap full of water in there. That's generous. And and uh, and the others, Landry, if you go way back, yeah. Chuck Noll, Chuck all, all of the greats. Yep. And then you got these guys that come in, and we bought one here in Freddie. We love Freddie. But Ugh. the charisma guys typically mm. fail. You can't even list them. Rex yeah. Ryan had all kinds of charisma. But I just think Jeff is going to fail, and I think he's going to fail for a lot of reasons. But first and foremost, there's no structure. There's no – right now, I can only imagine what he's doing. He's got to be going through the, their playbook saying, what do I keep? What do I get rid of? Well, and that's the thing. Like, Bull, I always – I think wait. I think way too much is made about play calling, and we blow yeah. it. We we spend yeah. way too much time. They don't have anyone on staff who has ever called a play. Like it's insane. That's totally crazy. They fired the OC also the week before. Yes. In a way, this reminds me a little, not personality wise, but of David Blatt, Jason, because. Like they, the the Cavs hired David Blatt, and everybody in the league was like, "What? Yeah." Mm-hmm. You and know now what? Everybody. It's, it's funny you say that because I said this yeah. morning, you could, there's always hires where you say, that's the owner. The owner did that. Uh, yes. Tony La Russa, Jerry Ryan, that's Jerry Reinsdorf. Yes. Jerry made that hire. I use Blatt as the example. That's Dan. There's no way on earth David Griffin would have hired David Blatt. That was <laughs> no. all Dan. And this is all clearly, this is all Jim Irsay. This is an owner hire. And I don't understand for the life of me why these guys feel like they know more than the people who are the actual experts who they hired to do the job. Because they're but entitled the rich guys. Pulls their That's pants true. down and says, no, I'm going to do this. They I'm going to be a hire. It drives guys, me crazy. I think it's a great day for, for, for people in the analytics crowd because the biggest dope owner or one of the biggest dope owners in the league said analytics, forget analytics. Who cares about that? So you, I don't know that you want Jim Ursay on your side, the anti-analytics crowd. No, I, Plus, do, I it, don't because I, I, right. I'm more anti-analytics than probably anybody on the panel. I think yes. it should be a 50-50 split. What Ursay said was, I want a guy with some guts. I want a guy that's going to look at the situation and make the right call, not look at his calculator to make the right call. Now, everybody said, Jay, that Dan Campbell, guts, tough guy. Look at his team. They suck. They're terrible well, again. And they use analytics there. It's not like they're. I'm sure I'm they do. Everybody that uses What we're going to see in Detroit yeah. is, or I mean, what we're going to see in, in Indy will be anti analytics. Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely. Because it has to be a blend of both. You can't yes. ignore the numbers. You can't. But you also can't lean too heavily on them. And it's interesting that you're right, because now Ursay is going to be. He's the flag bearer for the anti-analytics crowd. Yep. And he doesn't yes. have the team to win anyhow. Now, Bull, if Jeff Saturday goes 8-1 down the stretch, oh you, we all thing. got a problem. Weirder things have happened, that's, though. Weirder things have right. happened. But this has. never know. When You're right. If, if they're playing free and easy, there's no expectations on them. This guy's never coached they before. They will want to take a hill for him. They, yes. They will. So, yeah. you know, but, guys, this is a slap ahead. in the face to all 
the like the coaches out there. Like, first of all, if you're another coach on this team, I think Reggie White is a coach on uh, not Reggie White. Reggie Wayne is a coach yeah, on this Reggie team. Reggie White, <laughs> he was a long, they're a bigger problem than I thought. Yeah, right, right. We got well, a big story you know, too. Maybe Jim Irsay would have done that because Jim Irsay, who knows what's going on, <laughs> on his side of his brain, but. But uh, and, and it's an insult to all the coaches out there that have been busting their ass all season. I mean, I, I, I'm surprised Jeff Saturday agreed to this. Ursay said that he's been trying to get him to get a jo- take a job within the organization for a while. I'm surprised he would agree. Like, if you made this hire in the offseason, that's one thing because it still seems crazy, but at least he would have time to get up to speed. But to do it in the middle of the season, I mean, maybe they just want to be as bad as possible so they get the first pick in the draft. Admittedly, I mean, maybe tank for that. admittedly dumb question. Did they have to Rooney rule this? No. They didn't. No. Supposedly, no. Not for because it's season. in the okay. season. Right. It's in the season. In the off-season, they will. What, yeah. what an interesting and problematic to... loophole. Yes. Right? Do you think they reached out yes. to Peyton Manning first and he said no? Peyton has I'm, made it very clear. He wants nothing to do I'm, with the football industry I'm other sure, than what he's doing right now. I'm sure they reach out to Peyton as our guy does, as Jimmy does here. Sure, right. I'm sure they reached out to Peyton multiple times. But, Bull, of course he's going to take the job. If someone's going to make you a head coach in the NFL, how could you say no to that? Right. But I don't think that this yeah. is a total tank job because why would you embarrass – one of the legends. I mean, Jeff Saturday is a legend of the Colts. That's fair. Good why would you? Good why would you want to bring him in and embarrass him like True. that? You can go find another high school coach somewhere in the country <laughs> if that's what you're trying to do. And they got a long way to go because I was having that argument with somebody else. They're middle of the pack. Like three, five, and That's one true. is not. No, there's a lot of teams that are bunched together. And but in their division too, it's not like they're looking up at a. What are the Titans? Six and two. Five and three. Five and three. Okay, so. But there's a lot of teams. If they're trying, and listen, I think that they should try and get in position to get a quarterback because that's been the biggest problem with the organization mm-hmm. since Andrew Luck stunned them and retired. Yeah, they haven't had a quarterback. But there's so many. Now's a really bad time to do that because it's not necessarily that, okay, well, the, the worst team is only a couple games behind you. There's 14 teams or 12 teams that you have to plummet under if yep. you're trying to get one of the top one or two yeah. picks. Yeah, you got to get under like six of our draft picks now, that we don't have anymore. Position, maybe, <laughs> maybe they can get, you know, top five, seven, eight, and then maybe you trade up from there, but it's going to be really hard right for now. them. It's really, yeah, it's going to be really hard for them to get to one or two from where they're I, at. I will say, Bull, yeah, I'm glad were. you brought that up because what I my immediate instinct was – this now becomes the most fascinating situation outside of playoff races in the yes. NFL to see what happens with the Indianapolis Colts mm-hmm. with a guy who's completely on the outside. Yeah, he was a great player. He played for a long time in the organization. He's stayed close to the game because he's been a broadcaster. But he, I can only imagine Jeff's head right now as he walks into the building with He's got to have a million questions. Yeah. Well, and Aditi, I was talking to Aditi about this this morning. She brought up a, a great point. Like, the Texans got destroyed for trying to do this with, with Josh McCown, where they were going to pluck this guy in off the street, and they got obliterated for it and, and ultimately weren't able to do it and pivoted to Lovey Smith. Yeah. And now the Colts are doing the exact same thing with Jeff Sa- It's the exact same thing. Pretty much. And that Jeff was in the offseason where he would have had time. Right. Right. This, right. this just is the, this was a real head scratcher. Am I the only one, by the way, that every time I watch Ursay speak, I just get the I I get the sense that he is on a bender. Is that just his yes. personality? Well, he's got a history. I know he's had an, an issues, but yeah. even it's hard to yesterday tell. watching him, I was looking at him going, "Is he a smash?" Well, it's it's great. Like he's talking like, "I've never picked a bad head coach." Okay, and and they have. And I was looking at this this morning. They have had every coach they've had since like '98 has had a winning record. But he's getting drunk off the smell of his own farts here because he's also had Peyton Manning and right. Andrew Luck sure. for a yeah. lot of that. So, 
Mm-hmm. I think it has to do with your quarterback more than it does right. your ability to pick a head coach. I, I, uh, I, a former uh, co-worker of mine who's been in the Tampa Bay market forever, he's been covering the Bucks. he texted me this morning and said, wow, I'm surprised Ursay didn't try to reel in Tony Dungy again. I would have I, that would have made a lot That'd more make a lot sense. more sense. And Tony probably wants nothing. He right, may have I'm reached sure. out to Tony and yeah. said, "Please come back." Yeah. Tony's too smart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, I, I love the I, I love the guys when I ask. So you've been doing this for a couple of years now. How do you you know? How does it compare? And they always say the same thing. The first guy I ever heard say this was Herm Edwards. He goes, "I'm undefeated." <laughs> it feels great. Well, I mean, John Gruden left to go back after a long time off. Are there any others? Because I can't really, off the top of my head, I mean, Bill no. Coward been rumored for years, and that, that never right, happened. Right, right, right. Tony's a guy who I'm sure would have opportunities to go back if he wanted them. You would think. Uh, the money probably isn't quite as good as the NFL, but it ain't bad. But you're right. No. It, but and, and it tells John, you John Gruden was making as much or more John is doing Monday Night Football yeah. than he was but as it, an NFL it head It tells coach. you how grueling that gig is, how few people do go back to it. After they like leave yeah. it, the, like the fact that they like because that really would get your life back. Yeah, like you can have yeah. a normal, a somewhat normal actual. And once mm-hmm. you realize, like John did, I was always surprised that he went back. John Madden figured this out. Now he had the video game money too, but I always thought John Madden got out of coaching so young. I thought at some point he's going to. The guy that did it was Dick Vermeil. He retired young, That's true, and spent a yep. long time doing mm-hmm. college games. Yep, and then came back and had great success with the Rams. But it's really rare where you see it because when you go into TV and they're right. still making that kind of money, there's six zeros on your paycheck, yep. they do come to that realization. They're like, hell, I'm not getting up at 3.15 in the morning. Yep. I'm not eating my dinner cold at the facility at 10 o'clock at night. You mm-hmm. know? Uh, this I'm doesn't not, suck. I'm not, cu- and, I'm not cutting some 22-year-old on Christmas Day. You know, <laughs> exactly. that kind of, those decisions. You and when make. the Super Bowl's over. You have a seven-month off-season. Yes. Yep. That doesn't stink either. And right. One more point I want to make before we got to pivot to the Cavs here. Okay. How about them holding the press conference during the middle of Monday Night Football last yeah, night? Yeah, what was that? <laughs> I think he's trying to hide the fact that there were other things going on in the league so they'd have less national media people trying uh, to ask questions. Maybe. Uh, it, it was or, just the smartest thing they did all day. But genius. Jim Ursay is just so unconventional that a lot of times if you try to give him credit for making a smart move, it's a mistake because it's just like, no, yeah. nope. he didn't think he that just through. He just did Throwing it. haymakers. He, he's just <laughs> swinging from the hip. There's a lot of guys in that circle who have FU money, and that was an FU move. Yeah, like, that yeah. was an FU money move. This is my team. I'm going to do what I want. You guys are idiots for questioning me. Watch me. Yeah, that's why it's okay. going to be so fun to watch this. All right, we're watching. You were looking for a fight yesterday. You're getting it. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 